0: Super talk Mississippi media production
1: free record on my count seven six five, four, three, two, roll a fade up on a.
0: Southern Miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Kelly Sander. We're in the Southern Bank Court Studios here in Hattiesburg, and we're glad you're with us. Nick Crutcher's in the studio with us as well from the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. He'll be joining us here in just a few minutes to talk about the Boo Ferris Awards And some changes uh, I think you'll find interesting in how those uh, selections may be made in the future. We'll also preview uh, a little later in the show the uh, game tonight against Middle Tennessee State in baseball. Uh, Opening segment of the show is sponsored every day by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour Southern Miss Athletics, and we thank them very much for their support. Quick reminder, the Eagle Hour on location at the Conference USA Baseball Tournament in Hattiesburg next week. We'll have a special two-hour show next Wednesday afternoon, and uh, we'll be on location uh, Thursday as well. Right now, getting ready for tonight's baseball game against Middle Tennessee is John Cox. He and the uh, team are in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And, John, I appreciate you joining me. You said the weather was great, and we should have baseball here in about, what, five hours?
1: Yeah, it's beautiful here. Great day for baseball. Hot, warm, a little windy, a little cloudy, but... uh... I don't think there's much of a chance of rain, so it should be a great night there. They're playing well. Their attendance has been really good, so should have a great atmosphere uh, tonight at Reese Smith Stadium as we get ready for the ball game.
0: Well, here's what's interesting to me. Uh, you've got the eight teams are set for the Conference USA Tournament. We know who the eight teams are going to be, but depending on the outcome of our series with Middle Tennessee and some other ball to be played, uh, we have really no idea the eight, the seventh place team could finish first. Uh, it could be really mixed up by the end of the weekend. So it's an important series for the Golden Eagles.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure the seventh uh, seeded team, the seventh place team right now, can make it. But uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. You know, you got Southern Miss is sitting in there. The Golden Eagles, uh, you know, got a two game lead right now over, uh, I guess, UTSA and Middle Tennessee. I guess my Middle Man, Louisiana Tech's in there too. So uh, you got to take care of business. You got to win. Uh, well, as many as you can. You got Eagles need to probably win two, uh, and uh, that'll probably do it. But uh, it's as close a race as I've seen in a long, long time at Conference USA. Some really good teams. A lot of uh, teams that have – Middle Tennessee in particular, they have a, have a six-game winning streak until they got beat by Vanderbilt uh, the other night. So they're a team that barely made the tournament, if at all, last year. And, uh, you know, they got a chance. So it'll be an interesting uh, weekend starting uh, with tonight. Uh, be watching the scoreboard and see what happens around the league.
0: Well, it not only speaks to the uh, balance in the league uh, in the regular season, but to what kind of tournament is coming to Hattiesburg uh, next week. You're really going to have a, a tournament with a lot of really uh, good caliber baseball programs.
1: Yeah, no question. It's uh, it's you know it's always been a pretty good tournament, but uh, you're right. This year, uh, probably more teams yeah. that uh, you know if you, you hit it right and you do some things right and uh, play your best baseball at the right time. Uh, there's you're probably right, six or seven, maybe all eight teams have got a chance to win it. Uh, you know, what really kind of shows up, though, a lot of times during these tournaments is, is pitching. You've got to have enough pitching to try to get through, uh, I guess, a minimum of three or four games. And so usually the team that's got the best pitching at that time has probably got a little bit of edge on everybody else. So hopefully that will work in the Golden League favor. Being at home, pitching has been pretty good. And so uh, I'm anxious for that to get started next week.
0: Uh, and I'll tell you, speaking of pitching, uh, we had the uh, Middle Tennessee coach on the on the show yesterday, and we asked him, what do you tell your guys about how to pitch, uh, how to hit a ball, how to hit balls against a pitching staff like Southern Miss? And in, in only a way he could reply, he said, well, I'm going to tell them to swing as hard as they can just in case they hit it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they've never had any trouble hitting against the Golden Eagles before. They've always played the Eagles pretty – pretty well over the years. And uh, Coach Coach does a good job with this ball club. You know, he's taken a team that uh, hadn't been very good the last couple of years. He's kind of rebuilt it and gone about it the right way. And, you know, there's a team that, as I said, is coming off a 16-winning streak and lost a nasty rank of Vanderbilt the other night. But, uh, you know, they're closing in on 30 wins this year. And so they will – he, he's telling you a story right there. They're, they're pretty good. They're a good hitting ball club. They're hitting about two Two, they hit forty-six home runs. They've got a guy on the mound tonight that has you very, very well for them, and a Peyton Wigginton. So it's going to be a be a lot tougher than uh, than Coach. Coach says about it uh, this weekend, I'm
2: sure. John, there there are some teams that are already making changes, uh, have announced that they're making changes coaching-wise. One of them is Tulane. They are parting ways with their coach. And Chad Kaye's name is being spread all over for, for potential openings in the South. I know that doesn't surprise you, but I think what might surprise a lot of people is just how vast the Scott Barry, corky Palmer coaching tree is. Would you agree?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I always tell the story. I don't know a lot of people realize this, but, you know, Southern Miss has only had four head coaches since 1958, uh, and they all are all connected. You know, Pete Taylor came in 1958, took over at Southern Miss out of the baseball program. He was followed by Hill Denson, who had played for Pete Taylor. And then when Hill got out, it was Corky Palmer. Corky had played for Coach Taylor and coached with Hill Denson. Then you got Scott Barry, who uh, knew all those guys, with the exception of Coach Taylor. And then coach for Corky Palmer, so a lot of a uh, lot of guys uh, connected to Southern Miss. And uh, Chad Kai is a part of that, uh, uh, coaching tree uh, at Southern Miss. And so anybody that would get Coach Kai would be picking a guy that could uh, really do a great job with their program. But you're right, there's a lot of outstanding coaches that have come through the Southern Miss program and and gone on a lot of great things. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how some of that plays out but uh, doesn't surprise me that uh, coach Kai is in the mix for some of those shots because he uh, he knows the area he knows the south he's a great baseball coach and uh, he's going to he's going to
2: be a good uh, a good steal for somebody who hires. You know, that would be
0: about. a well-earned job, too. That would be something you'd be happy to see.
2: Yeah, but you got, you got yeah. Lane Burroughs there at, at right, right here in the own league at, at right. Louisiana Tech, and you got right. Federico at Louisiana Monroe. I mean, it just yeah. goes on and on. All
0: right Now, look, John, I heard you said something the other day. I've been kind of out of pocket for the last week. But I want you to tell me if this is true. You said that when Gabe Montenegro played his first game at Southern Miss Carson Peto was in the eighth grade. Is that correct?
1: I think that's right. Yeah, because <laughs> Gabe's twenty. Gabe's twenty-five years old, and what Peto's in his second year at Southern Miss. So that would make Peto twenty years old. And uh, when Gabe came seven, six or seven years ago, Peto would have been <laughs> what thirteen or something like that.
0: Isn't yeah, that so, crazy? Well,
1: I don't know. Yeah, Uh-oh. I told. Uh, I told that he he kind of laughed for a minute. I'm not sure he was real happy about it, but uh, <laughs> I don't know who that says, says more about Gabe at 25 or uh, Peyto. And it's, uh, it's just a second year guy.
0: All right, John. Uh, Nick Crutcher's here in the studio with us. I'm sure you know him. Nick may have a question before we let you go.
3: No, not You're doing a good job, John. Just bring the Eagles on. We got to win. We got to win.
1: Well. <laughs> There's about a there's about a, a lot of teams are saying that tonight. Everybody's got to win, but uh, it's uh, it's going to decide. This is going to this weekend going to decide things, and so it's uh, it's going to be a tough weekend. But uh, got a lot of confidence. Golden Eagles, I think they you know, really- they got that refueling back in. They finally got that lineup back uh, kind of intact after battling through a few injuries. There, Wilkes is back. Ewing is back. Pitching staff is pitching well. So. Uh, they got a chance to have a good weekend and make it a a special weekend here in Murphy's
2: And you know, you guys, a lot of people have talked about the depth of this pitching staff and how, by and large, it has stayed healthy, which has been one of the pieces of the puzzle. But one of the pieces of the puzzle that it doesn't seem to me that anybody's talking about is how terrific the Eagles have played on the road. Yeah, you know they, this yeah. year, which which that that goes against every. You know every statistic. You know, for, not just for Southern Miss, but but other teams, they've played very well on the road. So, so I'm kind of with John. I I, I think they'll they'll do well in Murfreesboro.
1: Yeah, you know, and a lot of that goes to Scott Berry. Scott Scott Berry's as good as there is, and the you miss. know he, the way he handles his guys. You know, they go into each weekend, whether it's in Hattiesburg or whether it's in Murfreesboro, whatever it is, with so, sort of the same mindset. You know, they uh, they're able to block out some of the distractions sometimes you find on the road, even able to kind of block out some of the distraction you have at home sometimes. So uh, I think that starts with a head coach and his mindset, the way he wants his guys to approach the games. and They kind of go at it the same way, whether it's at home or away. And so they've they've played well on the road. I think they'll play well this weekend.
0: Yeah, not lost in all this. This will be the last weekend series in Conference USA that Southern Miss baseball ever plays. (laughs) Yeah. No well,
1: that's that is interesting in it because I've seen well I've seen every game Southern Miss has played in baseball in uh, Conference USA, and so that goes back back a long way. But it's been great. It's been a great league. There's been some great baseball in this league. Some really good teams, teams that have been good enough to to go to the College World Series, and uh, so uh, it's it's going to be an interesting uh, kind of farewell to the league next week in a tournament that might be one of the best we've had in Conference USA. So it'll be an interesting weekend this weekend, but next week with the tournament be uh, kind of a neat neat weekend, a neat way to kind of end Conference USA from Southern Miss, hopefully with a a win in Hattiesburg next week.
0: All right, John, we appreciate your time. Uh, Have a good weekend up there, and we'll look forward to seeing you back in Hattiesburg next week.
1: All right, guys, thank you. Appreciate it.
0: All right, John Cox, everybody. Nick Crutcher's in the studio. He's uh, with the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. We're going to talk about the Boo Ferris Award. Uh, That's coming up next. Stay with us. other to the, top. to the top you're tuned in to the
2: eagle hour
0: hey remember you can hear the super talk eagle hour podcast on apple podcast audible google podcast spotify stitcher tune in or you can tell alexa to play super talk eagle hour there's a an eagle hour available for you 24 7 365 and we appreciate uh, you accessing those platforms this segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart Mart and CampusBookMart.net. It is the place to go for Southern Miss Apparel, uh, for your home, for your car, for your body. They're open six days a week on Hardy Street, or you can shop them online any day of the week at CampusBookMart.net. Nick Crutcher is a friend of ours, no uh, stranger to the Eagle Hour, a, a member of the board at the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. And uh, Nick uh, came in the studio today. We want to talk about the Boo Ferris Award, Nick. And before we get into it, if you will just remind our listeners, I know Tanner Hall is the Southern Miss rep, uh, one of the finalists. But who are the other kids uh, in the running for this award? Uh, let's see. Ole
3: Miss has Tim. Is it Eiko? Elko? Elko. Elko. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. R.J. Yeager from Mississippi State, an infielder. And then you got Harrison Haley uh, from Delta
0: State. Belhaven has Brett Sanchez,
3: and then of course Southern Miss. Tanner Hall.
0: Okay, so it's the same thing. Fans can vote, and then that's a small percentage of the uh, total, and then scouts vote. No. Uh-uh. Let's
3: start over. Go ahead. The way the voting – is, yeah, you'll have a fan vote. And no, that's the right. percentage, okay? But the way that uh, this person is picked is by all the college coaches – Okay, in the okay. state. All right. and, and all the professional scouts professional that cover scouts. our state. Right. Okay. okay? So that's the way it works. And it'll be uh, Monday the 23rd mm-hmm. at the Sports Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. And uh, let me just tell you that we got a new sponsor there, the Mississippi Board of Choctaw, okay, right. and Pearl River Resort is our new sponsor for the fair.
2: Now, Nick, in the past, it has overwhelmingly, this award, been won by either Ole Miss or Mississippi State athletes. It is my opinion that with a lot of lay people out there, that this has gotten to be, with all due respect, a joke, that the other schools have nominees, but rarely, if ever, win. First of all, is that a fair assessment? Second of all, if it is, how does that happen? Third of all, how could it be corrected? I know that's a long – those are three questions, essentially. Let's take your third question
3: first, okay? okay. How's it going to be corrected? Uh, the board of directors that discussed this and uh you're going to see some changes i'm sure probably not just in the ferris award but all the awards on how they're selected okay and and then the the reason why is it is the perception sure it's a perception out there it's correct i think in a lot of aspects but then the one of the reasons why is the media has changed so much kelly we don't have sports writers no more okay (laughs) we've noted that on this program we we don't have it anymore we don't have people showing up at games no more and so you know, like like I told Southern Miss, I said, "Look, you you're the you've got to promote your players. You got to promote it through all the media stuff that we got today. Every, every Delta State, Ole Miss, Mississippi, Jackson State, every college has to promote their players. today. You can't rely on the Clarion Ledger or the Hattiesburg American. Uh, I was telling Bob earlier. I said, you know, I'm probably one of the few few people that gets a Hattiesburg American every day, and." We're number four in the country, and you open up Wednesday's paper, and there's not a single bit of coverage of Southern Miss. It's all about Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Ole Miss was number one in the country. They're now below 25. Mississippi State won the World Series last year. They're below 25. We're in the top ten, and we don't get any coverage. Whose fault is that? Well, the first thing is the Clarion Legend and the Hattiesburg American aren't covering Southern Miss nobody's covering Southern Miss and all these colleges the way that Rick Cleveland and you and all the sports writers used to do in the past. Right. So it's up to the universities to promote their guy 100% through the media, through everything we got, through the text message and everything you got, you got to do that today. It's not happening. Number two is I'm not so sure that the pro scouts cover Southern Miss like they do Ole Miss Mississippi State. I know they don't cover Jackson State, Alcorn, and all the other colleges, Delta State and Belhaven, like they do, okay? So it's not a fair assessment out there to ask these guys to cover it. Now, who should be able to vote? I don't know. We're in discussion right now. If you've got a suggestion, we'd love to hear it. But we think other people ought to be brought into the circle and say, how do we pick the best baseball player in the state of Mississippi? How do we do that? And we got to do it the right way because it's got to be the best spot player, not the most popular, not the most popular school. It's got to be the best baseball player or the best football player or whatever sport we're talking about. And that's what's got to change with the Sports Hall of Fame. we got to make sure that the Sports Hall of Fame, when we give an award out like the Ferris Award, that we truly recognize this is the best baseball player
0: in the state of Mississippi. And that player could come from a Delta State. Or from Jacksonville, yeah, or Alcorn, right? No Bell Haven.
3: right? You know, anybody. I mean, you got you got a pitcher right now from Delta State. That's unbelievable right now. So I mean, he should be there. You know, I mean, I'm just telling you, you've got great players out there, but you got to make sure that the selection is fair. And
2: a lot of people would think that simply a fan vote would be the answer to that, but that's, but that's not the popularity contest. Correct. And and again, you, the bigger schools, it would stand to reason would have more people voting for their particular candidate. Or, or not just that. So, you know, you can
3: tweak a lot of things. I I got a son-in-law that can, that can tweak things, and you can get 400 votes just like that. You know. So my point is, that's not even a fair assessment. You know. So we got to find a way that it's a fair assessment so that the best baseball player wins. And and we've got five great candidates here. All of them deserve to win. Who's going to win? I don't know. Have no idea. I'm going to find out Monday just like you. But I think we've got to work our way at the Sports Hall of Fame and and not just. Baseball, but the same way with football and basketball and all the sports. That it's a fair assessment, and the people voting are giving everybody the fair share.
0: Uh, is the board of directors aware of that perception? Absolutely. That it's an old Miss, Mississippi State deal, and, and does the board care?
3: We did. Oh, absolutely, they care. We discussed it. We discussed it at the meeting before last. Okay, and and Bill Blackwell, who's our executive director, brought that up in the meeting, and he said, "Look, we really need to look at how these votes are cast and who's casting the votes." Now, look, you got to remember, back when all this started, we had twenty-five sports writers in the state of Mississippi. Okay, we have probably right. got three now. You got right. Patrick on the coast. You, you may have Rick Cleveland. Well, he's, yeah, yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Patrick's gone. Yeah. Rick Cleveland. I mean, I mean yeah. who's your sports guy? And and then. The, I guarantee you, the guy who writes the sports for the current Ledger. Question: I'd like to ask him how many time, how many Southern Miss games you seen? How many have you
2: seen this year? Well, it's particularly you know? problematic in football too, because when you look at the history of the state of Mississippi, some of the greatest football players have come from the smallest schools and predominantly, historically, black colleges. That's right. Walter, you know, Payton. Walter Payton, Jerry Rice, you know, among them. And because they're a small school, they're not going to get that recognition and exposure, as you, as you so well, look, aptly look mentioned Steve a minute McNair. ago. Steve right. a great There's another one. From, from Alcorn. Alcorn, okay? Right. He
3: didn't get – I mean, he should have won the Heisman Trophy. Right. Okay? Didn't win it. But, again, I want to go back and say that part of the blame or part of the perception, I think, that we receive – I'll put it back on the PR departments at the sports information departments at every university and college. If you don't promote your own player – and you don't. I mean, I mean, promote the heck out of them. How's the people going to hear about it? Because they're not going to hear about it reading a newspaper. Well, here's no, a, here's here's no. a question, a
2: follow up that I have, though, Nick. We're in this soccer mom world now, where there isn't one winner.
3: No, okay.
2: You follow me? You, you know where I'm going? Yeah. Is that are we going to get to a society where we go? Well, why do we have to have one winner? Why can't we have one from each school and it's a collective award? <laughs> <laughs> and I know we're laughing because we're old curmudgeons. But th- that's going to come up, <laughs> I would think, in discussions. No, I don't think it'll come up to the Board of Directors awards the World's Hall of Fame. Uh, I think every
3: person that's on that board feels that the best player has to win, period. End of story. I don't think you'll ever see discussion that we've got to give out three awards. And, and, and I'm absolutely sure that that's never going to happen. I don't, I don't know of any board member that would feel that way. But I can tell you that the board is very concerned that we want to make sure that because – the media's changed so much. We got to make sure that we get it right, and it's got to be a hundred percent right. It can't be well. We thought we had it right. You know, got to be a hundred percent right.
2: I think you know, with baseball going with analytics now, this is going to have to be an award that's giving on data. Absolutely. You know, I think there's going to have there's going to have to be a, a you know a, some what? type of computer program where you put in all these different numbers, and the computer's going to spit out. All right, this is the top person. And well, it, and it might not be the guy from Westminster State, and, and
3: well, I think that would probably work out that it wouldn't be the person that you think is going to win. Correct. Uh, I mean, Bob may think that the guy from 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 uh, going to win, and you may think the guy from Southern's going to win. I may think that the guy out of the Delta State's going to win, but statistically, the guy from Southern should win, let's say, or whatever. Right. But is that the best athlete? You know, because we're not talking about we're talking about the best athlete, whether he's a pitcher, infielder, slugger, whatever you got, the catcher, whatever it is. We got to make sure that we gave it to the right person. Uh, personally, I think 3 or 4 years ago there was a person there was a baseball player from one of these universities that I thought should have won it hands down. Statistically, he had better statistics than anybody in the world. But he didn't get it. Okay? And I'm going, "Come on, man, this got to be crazy." And it wasn't so the miss player, I'm going to tell you that, okay? But that's my opinion. But but, but I'm saying we got to find the right mix, and I think we're in the process of looking at that right now, reevaluating all that. I know Bob – I mean, Bill Blackwell is a 100%
2: ready to move on that direction, and he wants input on it. I will say this, Bob. I think of all the candidates this year, Tanner Hall gives Southern Miss the best chance it has had in a long time of he's, winning he's this been award. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Right.
0: I guess the last Southern Miss kid to win it would have been uh, uh, Matt Walner. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's
2: right.
3: The uh, But, you know, I mean, what I, I was reading some statistics on each one of these players, but but Tanner, you know, I think got probably changed now, but 117 strikeouts. I mean, you know, 2.1 ERA. Come on. It's pretty good. I mean, you know, you can't get much better than that. But then you mm. got Ole Miss who's got a tremendous slugger. I mean, that guy can hit the ball. I think he had 16, 18 home runs already. Okay. Uh, the guy from Delta State I think is a phenomenal pitcher. You'll see him play ball somewhere one day. Uh but things change. I mean, you know, I want to go back to, to how things change. I mean, if you remember the beginning of the baseball season, Ole Miss was number one in the country. Okay? Oh, Mississippi State just won the World Series. And yet Southern is in the top ten, and we don't get
0: no coverage. There we go. That's not right. We're going to continue our conversation with Nick Crutcher from the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. Preview the weekend series starting tonight, actually, against Middle Tennessee. More to come on the guard. Southern Mists to the top. Hey, welcome back. 4th Street Bar & Grill sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour, and we appreciate all they do. No doubt they'll have the Southern Miss baseball game on the TV tonight and uh, great beverages and uh, food for you to enjoy, and uh, you can watch Southern Miss baseball all weekend at 4th Street Bar & Grill. And enjoy a great lunch uh, every day for just $9.95. Tomorrow on the Eagle Hour, it's truly a uh, story of beauty and the beast. We've got Jody Lott and Catherine Maloney. I don't think anybody listening would have any problem determining who would be the beauty and who would be the beast, Nick Crusher.
3: No, it's just like me and Kelly. Who's the beauty and who's the Well, this,
0: is the, this would be the uh, beast and the beast. This, <laughs> yeah. There would be no beauty involved in the in you and Kelly Sanders. My, my wife me tells me I'm pretty every day. We're yeah. not going to have to get Angela
2: Lansbury to sing Beauty you know, and the Beast tomorrow, I, I hope. I don't yeah. think so.
0: <laughs> okay, the Boo Ferris Award. I love talking about this, Nick, because I, I lived in the Delta for a long time, and I went to a lot of Delta State baseball. And people around here just look at me like I'm crazy when I say it, but – that's a great baseball program, and Boo Ferris is a legendary baseball man. He's
3: not just legendary; I mean, he's he's a he's a he's a mecca up there in, in the Delta State area. Okay, in Cleveland, I'm, I was born in Cleveland and Shaw, so yeah, I'm well aware of Boo Ferris. The most amazing thing about Boo Ferris is his memory; never forgets anybody. If he meets you right now, ten years from now, he knows who you are. I'm gonna give you a quick example: Jeff Ferris and I. He wanted to play in a golf tournament at the Sports Hall of Fame Golf Tournament. I carried him to the golf tournament. He wanted to play with Boo Ferris. I hooked it up so he could play with him. Eight years later, Rick Cleveland and Boo Ferris wrote a book. They came to Southern Miss here to see, to, to sign autographs. I said, Jeff, let's go get a book signed. goed up there. He walks up there and says, Nick, how you doing? Oh, you got my golf buddy. Jeff Ferris with you. Jeff says, I ain't seen that guy <laughs> in 10 years. He knew exactly who I was. He had a
2: un- photostat memory. If he met you one time, he knew exactly who you were. You Crutch, you've got a vintage Southern Miss shirt on. You're sure. clearly a Southern Miss guy. You always have been. Proud to say you know th- that you are. What do you think generally about the direction that the athletic department is going and some of the growing pains, if any, that you anticipate as they make now the transition from Conference USA to the Sun Belt?
3: Well, I think, firstly, you've got a great athletic director. I think Jeremy's going to do a great job. I just think he's in the transition and making the transition from the Conference USA to uh, the Sun Belt. I think we got a great head coach. I think he's got the potential to be a great head coach. I think he's got to do the recruiting. We got to move in that direction. Baseball, we're looking to have the best. Coach we got. I don't know how we ever catch Coach Barry as long as we did. Uh, basketball, we've got some problems there, I guess, in recruiting. I, I, I love Ladner. I have no problem with him. I think he's a great coach. I just think we got to step up our, our thing there. And, uh, you know, one of the things is I don't, I, I don't know why the Coliseum is not painted. I hate that color. Huh? They need to paint it black and gold. Uh, hope you're here to listen to that, Jeremy. And, uh, but I think women's basketball uh, is moving. Right, I think we're moving in the right direction. Believe it or not, we're probably in the best conference we need to be in. I really think we're in, the, we're in the best conference we should be in right now, sun, sun, the sun Belt Conference. Right. I think we can participate in that. I think we can win in that. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen in the Conference USA. We're not the SEC, okay? we got to realize we're never going to be the SEC. So we got to play in a conference that we're comfortable in, we can win in, and we can produce in, and that athletes want to play with us, okay? And so I think we're in the right conference now. I think we're going to move in that direction, and I think the next two years – you're going to see Southern
2: Miss move move ahead. You know when you look back on the on back in the day with air quotes crutch. You know you were around during the the big nasty era of right. of Jim Carmody and and Jeff Bauer and so on, where the Eagles used to dominate recruiting in the panhandle of Florida, you know, in the southern part of Alabama. And it didn't doesn't seem like in the past 15 years or so that they have gotten those athletes. Some will point to the the emergence of South Alabama as a football program, which South Al didn't have football then, how Troy has risen up out of the ashes also to put together a a Sunbelt conference team. Is it just the fact that those two schools have come on board or anything else that you can put your finger on as to why the Eagles don't dominate the panhandle in recruiting like they used to? Central Florida, There's another one.
3: Um. No, I just don't I – don't, I don't know. I, I, don't, I can't speak for the coaches. I don't know why they don't recruit outside, okay? Uh, but, you know, I think we've got enough athletes in Mississippi and the surrounding area that we should do a better job here. I, I'm not so sure we have to concentrate so much on Florida and everywhere else. Baseball, for example. I mean, you just said a while ago, the junior college level, we've got some great pitchers down there. We need to start recruiting them. South Mississippi is a baseball mecca. But I also think it's a football mecca. And I think we need to start recruiting local athletes from Mississippi, Alabama, and Louisiana. Yeah, I want to go to Florida. I think we need to move that direction. But my point is, I think we got enough around here that the more athletes you recruit locally around here, the way everything is going, the more you clue around here, the more you're going to fill the stands. Family's going to come see. The guy from Miami, Florida, his family's not going to come watch his kid play, but maybe one or two games. But a guy from Slidell, Louisiana? He's Mc- going to come every game. McGee, Mississippi. McGee, Mississippi. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Cleveland. Anyway, I mean, I just think recruiting here. And we got to step our
2: recruiting up in, in state as well as surrounding state. So and Will, and Will Hall has said exactly that, Bob, hasn't he? He said, look, we're going to – we're gonna about a 50-mile radius of Hattiesburg, that's where we're going to start. And we're going to try I think to,
0: he's actually said we're blessed to be yep. in that 50-mile radius. And excited. <laughs> and excited and blessed. Yeah, there's <laughs> no One of the
2: things that, that I don't
3: want to see, which I see all the time, if you look at, the, at, at when they show the – players that are being recruited well he was offered a scholarship from mississippi state and ole miss and tulane and south alabama there, and you don't see southern miss name on there why why didn't you offer him a scholarship you know and the guy was over in pedal why didn't the guy from pedal why didn't we recruit him first why does alabama and tennessee have to come in here and start recruiting him when southern miss hadn't talked to him well, we didn't have a shot at him what well, did you go talk to him did you give him a scholarship offer him a scholarship do what he says he can
0: say yes or no right but but at least you can say we tried. I tried. That's all you got to do. Say we tried. No question about it. Uh, uh, the Sports Hall of Fame, let's talk about that last couple of minutes we have left. We haven't really had you on in some time to talk about that. But what an enormously great facility we have right here in Mississippi. And uh, talk just a minute about that. Dick.
3: It's unbelievable. I mean, if you've never been, you got to go. Okay? It's just, I mean, one of the things that the Sports Hall of Fame does is recognize athletes, that have played in the state of Mississippi. They're not necessarily from Mississippi. Ray Perkins wasn't from I mean Ray Perkins is from Mississippi, but he played in Alabama. But he's in the Sports Hall of Fame. Ray Guy is not from Mississippi, but he played at Southern Miss. He's in the Sports Hall of Fame. So, I think you got to look at the athletes that played here, that did well here, that are from here in in all sports, whether it's Major League baseball, whether it's soccer, uh, you know, Lake Speed, the race car drivers. Yes. There, okay. So, so it's, it's it's not just
2: baseball, football, basketball. It's all, any kind of sport there is. Okay. Nick, is Ricky Stenhouse the current NASCAR driver from Olive Branch? Is he in the Hall of Fame? yet? He's still driving. Yeah. Oh, oh. So they have to be done. Five years out. Okay. All Five right. years out. So noted. Yeah. Right. And and so you know, uh,
3: you know, sportscasters are in there. You know, John Cox is not in there yet because he's not through yet. Michael
0: Rubenstein. Oh, absolutely, Michael Rubenstein, and uh, who was very instrumental in starting. The museum. Am I not right about that? Absolutely. The Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Yeah. Is, is it a museum? Is that
3: accurate? To yes. Say? It absolutely. Is, yeah, yeah. And and look, the legislature just gave us another million dollars to to start the renovation in it again. So we're building it a little bit bigger making a little bit more showcase, okay? Mm-hmm. So I just think that uh, you got to understand it's owned by the state of Mississippi. That building is owned by the state of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Mississippi's put a lot of money into that. We're grateful for the legislators to help us do that. Uh, but if you've never visited, you're missing one of the top showcases in the
0: state of Mississippi. Tori Bowie, is she in the hall of mm-hmm. fame? Who? Tori Bowie, the uh, track star from track Southern star Miss. From Not Southern yet. Hasn't been out five years. Oh, I see. Well, she's definitely oh, yeah. got to no be in there, right? Yeah, no Courtney Blades. Yeah. Softball pitcher, absolutely.
3: You know she's in there. Yeah. In fact, the first softball player to be in there. Is that right? Yeah. And, and Doc Harrington. Yeah. The first and the only right now athletic mm-hmm. trainer to ever be in there.
0: I just saw an article this weekend, guys. She was she was named one of the top ten softball pitchers of all time.
2: Courtney, Courtney Blades, Blades was. Yes. That's great. Man, she was she
0: was terrific. I mean, would you remember here, right? Oh yeah. I mean, she was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. She was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, you, you, if you, she you pitched you ever, every game, every game <laughs> they she pitched, they won. It was pretty simple. I tried to hit her one time. Yeah, yeah, never touched. it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs> Lucy Harris, if you remember, was a coach. Right. Okay. Right. And They were playing out here. They didn't have a place to play, so they were playing out here at Oak Grove. Out here, at the girl softball field we just built them. So they came out here to play. So I said, "Hey, let me should put a helmet on. You get five pitches." I I, I never saw the ball, and the ball is 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 green, you know, (laughs)
0: and and big.
3: Yeah, and she's sixty.
0: I mean, forty. What sixty feet away? Yeah, forty feet away. I don't even think. I don't even think it's that far.
3: Yeah, Yeah. boom. Yeah. yeah, So
0: uh, it's open to the public. Uh, Give us the hours and and how people can go. Five
3: days a week, eight to five. You don't want everybody to come. I mean, it's 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 changed so much because there's multimedia has changed, we got the we got the Olympic room in there from all the Olympic athletes. There are a lot of those. Okay. Oh, absolutely, Mm -hmm. unbelievable. Goffs in there. Uh, all the lockers are in there, you got the showcase in there, uh, Bill Blackwell and Lulu, who run it up
2: there are unbelievable people, yeah, and it's not it's not just a thing it's not just a visual museum either. you, know,
3: you get see touch and feel.
2: yeah, you get to hear the stories you know you might have heard of the great Ralph Boston, all right the track and field star out yeah. of Laurel, but you might not know his story, so you can have your little headsets there and learn about that's you know. good stuff, dude. and if oh, you yeah. get
3: any name on there, you want it, and it'll tell the story about him just like that, you know, so uh you know, but but we have we have the Connolly Award, you know, coming up for the football, and and then we have the basketball and the baseball. So it's just it's just a great. I'm I'm glad to be associated. Michael Rubenstein let put me on there probably about 12, 15 years ago, and uh, and then Rick Cleveland took his place, and now you got Bill Blackwell who's executive director. Okay, and uh, and believe it or not, when I got on there, I was like the only person from Southern Miss or really below Jackson, and now we probably have four or five people on the board that are Southern Miss graduates. Okay, so. You've got to say it's represented but one of the things we did we touch on real quick is we make sure that all the colleges and university are recognized in that in that museum whether it's a junior college or whether it's a black college or whatever it is they're all recognized in that
0: museum all right nick crutcher sports hall of fame thanks nick my pleasure southern we'll miss to the top back take a quick look at the uh, baseball series that starts tonight and wrap up this edition of the eagle out Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, everybody. Final segment of the Eagle Hour sponsored by D1 and DBAT, state-of-the-art training facilities for every sport on Hardy Street. Catherine Maloney from D Bat will be on the show tomorrow afternoon. Uh, she's been out a while, had a baby, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, having Catherine back with us tomorrow. Jody Lott also joins us uh, as we're going to talk about the end of the uh, Conference USA era of baseball and that starts tonight. It'll be the last weekend series that Southern Miss ever plays in Conference USA as they get ready to take on uh, Middle Tennessee tonight. Tanner Hall on the mile for the Golden Eagles, seven and two on the season, two point six zero ERA and a finalist in the uh, Boo Ferris Awards. He'll be faced by uh, Peyton Whittington, who's a senior. Uh, he is six and four on the year with a three sixty six ERA. A couple of interesting stats. So they missed 38 and 14, 20 and 7 in Conference USA, two game lead over Louisiana Tech, and uh, three game leads over Middle Tennessee and UTSA, of course, with three games left to play. Uh, The Blue Raiders, uh, tonight's opponent, 29 and 21, 17 and 10 in Conference USA. In their final season in the league, the Golden Eagles hold five regular season titles, including 2003, 2011, 2013, 17, and 18 four of those regular season titles have come under current coach Scott Berry. The Golden Eagles are 30 and 7 against Middle Tennessee in their history and over time in conference USA the Golden Eagles are 450 254. They've won 64% of their games in uh, in league play and they are 150 and 79 in league series. So it's uh, quite a legacy that the Golden Eagles take into the game tonight uh, with Middle Tennessee, and it'll be the final, of course, of of the weekend series. Uh, Nick Crutcher, put in perspective uh, what kind of job Scott Berry's done uh, in Conference USA and at Southern Miss. Uh,
3: I don't know if you can find a word for that. I would say outstanding. I don't know why, and we're lucky to have him. It's amazing he had never gone to some gigantic school anywhere else. Uh, everybody at Southern Miss and everybody in Hattiesburg. I think he's now what uh, 472 games or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. And when he's in Southern Miss, uh, we got to keep him. I think he's a motivator. He's a great person. Okay, and uh, so I think the baseball speaks for
2: Southern for Scott Berry. And see, I know, I know, Bob, that the team has stubbed its toe here and there. You know, during the season, but what team doesn't? For a lot of the naysayers, and look, I get it. It's human nature that, you're, that you remember the negative stuff before you remember the positive stuff. But I said it three months ago. I stand by it today. In my opinion, this is the best team, top to bottom, that Southern Miss has ever had. They're going to win the conference championship. They have a great chance to win the postseason tournament. And I believe they will host a regional. Now, a lot of people go, oh, I just don't know. Maybe they have to win the tournament. I don't believe that. And there's a lot of other parts of the puzzle as to why I think Southern Miss will host. Part of it is because State and Ole Miss have not had seasons that they are accustomed to. Uh And Southern Miss is the bell cow right now for baseball in this state this season. But this team will finish... The job, whatever that is, they're good enough to do it, and I think they will.
0: And one of those rare moments that you did make a good point. You did this earlier in the year when you you talked about uh, the importance of not being injured. Yes, and the stumping of the toe came after Reese Ewing and Slade
2: Wilkes were what injured. Isn't that amazing? You know how that works. And Scott Barry was even scratching his head, saying, "Ewing's been out of the lineup, and we're just not the same team. It's one guy, but the whole." Chemistry is off when that one guy is is out of sync. Well, we're making the turn. I think. I think Saturday we started hitting the ball. Sunday we we're hitting the
3: ball. Now we get if we make that turn, and start hitting the ball again. We got the pitching. We got the fielding. We got to hit the ball. If they, we hit they've, the ball, we win.
2: They've played well on the road. They have won a large majority of games during the week. Which seems to have been the Achilles heel of this team over the past three or four years. They Correct. couldn't couldn't seem to consistently win the midweek games. This team has done everything that every other Southern Miss team in the past has not done. So let us remember that. All right, and let's let's focus on the positive. And even if the Eagles don't win the World Series this year, when you look at the number of players that Scott Berry and his staff will lose the entire team is coming back sort of yes, 10 players. it's minimal it's yeah. minimal yeah. Uh, and of course if the united states government comes through montenegro will get a 12th year you know, or whatever it's possibility <laughs> yes all right uh so nick
0: 38 and 14 20 and 7 in conference usa i'm gonna get you in here on our on our picks southern miss does what starting tonight against middle tennessee Sweep. That would end the season at forty-one and fourteen, Kelly.
2: And that's before you go into the tournament. Correct, Right, okay. regular season. Yeah, Middle Tennessee's good enough. I think they'll win one. And if and if the Eagles, you know, happen to clinch, you know, before tomorrow or whatever, I think there's naturally, you know, going to be a letdown. So I'll, I think the Eagles will win two out of three.
0: Well, one win over the Blue Raiders and uh, the Golden Eagles will clinch at least a share of the league. That would mean. If any of the two teams behind them lost, it would be over. And two victories, of course, they would win it outright, irregardless of what the other teams do. And I, I agree. I think they I think they win the series. I think they clinch, and who knows? Maybe they lose a game. Nick could be right. They could win the whole thing. Well, we hope so. Yeah, we hope so. And uh, we're looking forward to the Conference USA tournament here starting next Wednesday. Hey, one last note. Uh, PGA Championship, a local Davis Riley, two under, three out of the top. We've got to pull for him. There we go. Got to go. pull for the local kid. All right, Nick, thanks. Hey, my pleasure. So, tomorrow at one o'clock, Southern Miss, to, to the, the top. top.
2: Into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future.